Hey, it's Colado, and I'm back again for another episode of Perceptions. Now, I've been holding off on telling you this simply because I don't want you to judge me so critically or harshly, I guess. And I just thought, you know what, you got to tell them. If you don't tell them, they're going to start making assumptions. They're going to jump to conclusions. So I'm just going to say it. Privilege. I am very much privileged to say the least. Now, before you start judging and assuming things, you got to hear my life story. So let's just get right into it. I was born in Anaheim and shortly after moved to Kentucky. Before you ask, yes, I ate Kentucky Fried Chicken, but it's just called Fried Chicken there. When we moved there, we moved into a pretty small house with my uncles, my mom's family uh, first, to be honest. Um, Yeah. So everything seemed bigger then. Obviously, I was a child and everything is bigger when you're a child. I'm not saying it was a terrible house, but looking back, it wasn't so big. Because there were so many people living there. Like, I can't remember vividly exact structure of the house. Like, I remember, like, it was a two-story. Like, I remember the hallways. I remember the stairs. I remember the kitchen. But I remember pretty clearly it wasn't a big house. Even if it is a two-story, it was pretty tiny. Especially since I wasn't, like, the only one living there. Like, it wasn't just, like, a couple people. It was several people. But, of course, things started looking up. We moved to a different place, just down the road of that place, actually. It was a one-story house, and it wasn't huge, but it was really nice. It had lots of outside space. It had a front yard, a side yard, and a backyard. This place was huge, at least in my eyes. Both parents worked very hard. My parents both wanted to own a store. First, they owned a little one, and then they got enough money to get a bigger one. They called it El Jarocho Watermark. Some of you might know what I'm talking about. Anyways, so this place was practically like a Walmart. It had everything. It even, yeah, it honestly had everything. My mom was a hairstylist, and she, like, had a little hair salon in the back. And we had, like, a, a cooking place, like like, uh, or, like a little restaurant there. And we had everything, really. We had music. We had food. We had beverages. We had movies. We had, like, clothing. We had, we had a lot of things there. It was pretty big. Of course... Everything can't be perfect. In 2008, the economy wasn't so great. So my parents had to give up the store. My dad has always been a truck driver. I want to mention that. So he was always gone for days or weeks at a time. And unfortunately, due to losing the store, my mom had to be a factory worker. There is nothing wrong with either of these jobs. But my mom, she studied to be a hairstylist. It was... Something that she loved doing. She still loves doing it. But she couldn't do it because she had to provide for her family. My dad was also providing for us too. Of course, we were kids and we didn't realize the value of money at the time. Now that I'm older, I understand the value of money. I understand what it is to not have money and to have money. Okay, so let's backtrack a little bit. I didn't know until recently, but apparently I lived in the ghetto. (laughs) The nicer part, but yeah, it was still part of the ghetto. For those of you who don't know what the ghetto is, it's um, 
is like a part of the city in which members of a minority group live, especially as a result of social, legal, or economic pressure. So yeah, (laughs) just in case you guys didn't know what that was. So I went to the elementary school that was nearby, HES, Hodgenville Elementary School, my favorite elementary school, by the way. I ended up going to another one, but you'll learn a little more in depth about that later. So this school was really nice. It got a lot of state funding. When I first started there, I ended up getting a tutor for to ch- to show me how to read because I wasn't very good at reading since you know, I was learning two languages. I knew Spanish and English, and English was a little harder for me to learn. I did know how to speak English. I obviously know how to speak English very well. But it was very hard for me to learn how to read. It was a learning disability. So I got a private tutor, <laughs> and she was pretty cool. <laughs> she was probably one of my favorite people ever at that school. She was this sweet little old lady. I still remember her. I can't remember ex- her exact name, but she would teach me how to read. And it was amazing because whenever I read, I always escaped what was going on in my life. (laughs) Albeit, there wasn't really much going on in my life. But it was nice to read different stories and imagine what the world could be. And also, I mean, I got pulled out of class and I was excused. So I didn't have to do math like the other kids. I was reading books instead. Obviously, I didn't realize this, but I should have been embarrassed. (sighs) The reason I say this is because... While kids were reading like Harry Potter and stuff, I was reading picture books. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But the kids obviously looked at me differently. Especially since I was a person of color and every little kid in there was white. I'm gonna be honest, truthful. Because it's Kentucky and they're not like (laughs) very diverse. No offense. (laughs) People from Kentucky listening are like, she's talking about us. Anyways, so I obviously didn't have like, like I wasn't like the smartest person, but there was a lot of resources that helped me. I I mentioned that my uh, dad was a truck driver and he would be gone at weeks at a time. My dad's family actually moved to Kentucky, but then afterwards moved back to California. And my dad, since he was a truck driver, he would sometimes Uh, go to California to deliver things and he would actually like stay a week with his mom because his mom was now living in California so that's why he was gone sometimes weeks that's usually when he went over there to California which was like once a month which was nice because I mean he got to see his mom so my mom was sometimes alone and she still had to go to work um (laughs) the cool thing about this school was that like they provided buses to take you to school And me and my brother would always get on the bus and like, you know, listen to music with our little MP3 players that were like $5. Yeah, they were pretty cheap. We would download the music illegally and just listen to it. Those were very different times. I also want to give a huge shout out to my mom because she got up really early to make us breakfast and make sure that we were changed and ready for school. And then she would leave us and go to work while we waited for the bus we would eat our breakfast and honestly best breakfast of my life my mom's an amazing cook yes just had to point that out anyways so when i really started to realize that we didn't have a lot of money was when the book fair came along like i said i wasn't very good at reading it was very difficult for me to read and i know i should have been embarrassed but i wasn't about the level of reading that i was doing 
because I was really proud of what I had accomplished. (laughs) So when the book fair came along, I would always want to buy a book or like the little things that they had. And obviously my parents couldn't give me a lot of money. They would give me $10 if I was really lucky and they got a lot of money that week. Usually they'd give me like $5. And the book fair is kind of a great thing because they have like the sale section, which are like the old books that no one really wants. Like they're a year old, they're not the new ones. But I would buy those books because I love them. I actually still have all of those books that I bought when I was younger. And usually they were like two or three dollars, these books, because they were on sale. And with the leftover money, I would always buy these little erasers. They were like 50 cents or like, they were very cheap. They were practically unusable, to be honest. They were terrible erasers, but I only bought them because they smelled really good and they looked really cool. I soon realized that all the other kids were buying a lot of books and they were buying like like the really cool gadgets that they had, like the, you know, like the friendship bracelets and all of that. And I just stood there patiently waiting as everyone got more than one book, more than one eraser, and so much more. This is when I started to kind of realize the value of money. I was like, huh, that's kind of weird. They're getting a lot more stuff than I am. But obviously I couldn't buy everything every book at that book fair, which was okay because the school provided like books. They had a library there and stuff. I obviously realized that the other kids weren't struggling as much as my parents were. This is no offense to them and no offense to people in general, but their parents, only one of them worked. And the other one was a stay at home, usually a stay at home mom. And those were the moms that went to PTSA meetings and had a lot of time on their hands, and they could buy every book at the book fair. That's when I realized my parents didn't have a lot of money. We weren't as well off as I thought, but that was okay. Because, like I said, I was a kid, and I didn't really take into consideration everything that had happened. I only realize it now. My family wasn't struggling. Like, they weren't super struggling financially, but they weren't, they weren't like, super well off. They obviously still had to work, both of them. And sometimes I'd have to go to daycare because my mom was still working at the factory, which was okay. There was nothing wrong with that. Looking back, I realized that like I was privileged even when I didn't have money because the school that I went to got a lot of funding and the daycare that I went to, it wasn't expensive. They actually helped a lot, especially minorities, which was really awesome. Now I'm realizing that I was actually privileged even when I thought I wasn't. So I also, I want to give a quick shout out to, to honestly all my elementary school teachers. I'm going to give a shout out to Miss, believe her name is Miss Lawler, Miss Jamie, Miss Morris, Mr. Wooden, Miss Altman, Miss Allen, Miss Kay. And I forgot the rest, to be honest. Honestly, I cannot remember who the other teachers' names were. I think it was probably like Miss Newton, and I want to say Miss Wallace, but I don't think that's her name. She was the social studies teacher? No, she was a science teacher, and then the other one that I had was a science teacher, and then Miss Newton, I believe, was a math teacher. Yeah, and Miss K was, I remember her, she was the English language arts teacher, I mean. Uh, but I want to give a shout out, a very huge shout out to Miss Altman. Miss Altman? You gave me the courage to do so much in life. 
And I want to thank you so much because you really believed in me when a lot of people didn't. I remember when I wrote an essay in your class and I had the highest score out of the entire third grade. (laughs) And you told everyone that you were so proud of me and that you kept bragging about it. And it made me feel so good. Thank you. I just want to thank you for that. It made me feel amazing. (laughs) So I'm like tearing up. I'm not a very emotional person, but uh, it just meant a lot to me because I didn't have all the fancy stuff that all the other kids had, but I was smart and it made me really proud. Also, she introduced me to my love for books. Yo, if anyone knows Caleb Altman, tell him to show this to his mom because she needs to hear it. Like she's such an important person in my life. Like she was so important. Sorry, Caleb. I know this is kind of weird, but yeah. Just show this to your mom. The other old lady who, uh, my tutor, who taught me how to read, she also like awakened a love for books, but Miss Altman really like uh, pushed me to read more. I remember reading like a book about a shark. It was Mud Shark or something. Or like, and the wonderful stories of Hank. <laughs> Those are really great books. They really awakened my love for books. Okay, I got a little off topic being a little emotional, but obviously I couldn't buy every, every book at that book fair which was okay because the school provided like books. They had a library there and stuff. That's when I realized my parents didn't have a lot of money. We weren't as well off as I thought, but that was okay. Because like I said, I was a kid and I didn't really take into consideration everything that had happened. I only realize it now. Let's mention fourth grade. I'm not going to mention like every grade that I've gone through. I'm just like gonna highlight things. I already talked about Miss Altman. She's a third grade teacher. I don't know if she still is, but if she is, shout out to her. (laughs) I don't think she'll listen to this podcast, but on the rare occasion that she does. (laughs) Anyways, um, I want to mention that around third grade, I was getting a different tutor for reading. It wasn't the little old lady anymore. She was super cool. I miss her not sure if she's alive it's kind of a morbid thing to say <laughs> but if she is thank you for teaching me how to read it really opened a lot of doors for me so the other tutor that i had was pretty chill she was i liked her she was a lot younger obviously than the old lady um but i believe third grade was like the last year third ish fourth grade ish that i had a tutor um i can't remember specifically but i i'm like my recollections are like around that time i can obviously read now very well like i can read like a 600 page book in a couple hours and you know completely understand it but sometimes i still struggle to say like thing like read aloud but you know i push myself for example like i'm a lector at my church and it's pretty difficult especially like reading in a different language So if you like ever hear me mess up when I like read aloud, just understand that it's a learning disability. So yeah, I just wanted to say that. Um, I could go more in depth about it on another episode, but just wanted to mention that. When I was in fourth grade, (laughs) uh, I started reading a lot more books. They weren't like super huge books, but I was reading bigger books. And (laughs) Miss Allen, which was my fourth grade teacher, was super cool. I loved her. So there was this, uh, I just want to mention this really quickly (laughs) because the things that I looked forward to were really like school 
and things that like I could accomplish not like things that had like monetary value to them because I was a kid and I didn't realize the value of money until now because you know kids are innocent at least for the most part (laughs) um there was this like a contest, not like a contest, but like you get an award. I literally still have this award in my room. I'm so proud of it. I'm never going to get rid of it. I have like every award that I get. I don't care if it's like participatory like thing. I'm still going to keep it. <laughs> but this one I'm so proud of. So there's this thing called AM, Accelerated Math, for those of you who don't know. It's like this little packet and you have to fill out like the bubbles on like an answer sheet and you have to uh get like correct you have to get them correctly so you can get like points so i had found out from miss allen that i was in the competition for having the most objectives in the entire school now this is a pretty small school so there's not like several kids there's probably like around 500 600 max kids so for the am i was literally doing packets and packets of these am just so i could get enough points to be the top i was also competing with another guy in my grade we practically had like the same amount of points so we were literally competing to see who was gonna win there was other people but me and him had like the highest i believe it was like 300 or 400 am and that's a lot like a lot you have to be doing so much math packets like those little packets of am in order to get that many objectives because they gave you like one two max for every packet that's a lot of math (laughs) anyways spoiler alert i obviously won and it made me feel really good because it wasn't something that had you know any monetary value to it but it meant a lot to me because i had won something I had actually won an award for being the top of like the entire school. I was literally number one and it felt so good because I had worked hard for it. I had worked (laughs) so much to get those AM points and I was glad that I got it. Anyways, so I have to mention that I talk a lot, like capital letters, a lot. And it got me into more trouble than it ever helped me. I think that's probably why whenever I moved, I was so quiet because I was so scared of getting in trouble for it. I got in trouble every time because I talked so much. Like, I talk so much. It's practically why I started a podcast because I just naturally talk so much and I kind of wanted, you know, people to know what I was saying because I felt like, you know, some people might relate to it and, you know, get a good laugh in every once in a while anyways so moving on fifth grade (laughs) um i started to get various teachers because they were like trying to prepare us for like middle school this was still in kentucky so i actually ended up getting in trouble that year because i talked a lot literally like the (laughs) miss k shout out miss k she was amazing had to go talk to my dad because i was talking so much (laughs) That was kind of embarrassing, but yeah, trust me, I talked a lot. Like, I was friends with everyone, which was really cool. So, halfway through the year, like Christmas, my parents were gonna end up moving, me and my brother too, to California because my uncle on my dad's side, his brother, said 
to move to California because it was better and that it would be a better job opportunity for him as well, which um, he's a truck driver, so they were going to do transportation. They wanted to start a company together, which they eventually did, thankfully. So once we moved to California, it was very difficult. Uh, we first moved in with my cousin until my parents could afford to get an apartment. But when I moved to California, it was difficult because I struggled so much in school because the teacher that I had gotten, Miss Carter, was... <laughs> literally the most difficult teacher that I had ever experienced and the school didn't get so much funding like the one in Kentucky like they didn't have those fancy like whiteboards that you could write on like electronically with they didn't have any of that and you had to like actually write things things didn't come in like packets which sucked unfortunately because well the school's not getting a lot of funding but what really made me so mad was that I felt insecure. People were so mean to me. And I'm not like a super skinny person. I never really have been like super skinny compared to other people or, you know, um, the other kids. I've always been like, I'm not going to say fat because I feel like that's a terrible word, but like bigger than other kids. And it made me feel so insecure. These kids would make fun of me and it was something that I'd never experienced before because I'd always be very talkative with people and like people always liked me no matter how I looked or how I talked or anything. But people started to make fun of me here. The crazy thing is that while I was in Kentucky, and being a person of color, not once was someone racist to me or very mean. It only happened once. Actually twice, this other little Mexican kid called me like a beaner and I was like, dude, what? Like my own, like, like the whole, my own people of color were making fun of me. Like, come on. <laughs> and the other incident was on the bus. Actually, both of these incidents were on the bus. This other incident was with some white girl in high school i was in elementary school still but they just were having a bad day and they weren't racist they were just a little mean and it was just them trying to take my seat on the bus which was like dumb but whatever and my brother you know being the badass that he is walked up on that bus and you bet your ass nobody ever talked to me again after that <laughs> i mean like no one like ever messed with me but yeah it felt terrible because when I moved to California, there was like people of color and those were the people that were being mean to me. So it was like very awakening realizing that your own people make fun of you. But like, I don't know, like white people are more accepting of people of color. At least that was what happened in my mind. I don't know. No one, no white person was ever mean to me. At least if they were, they didn't say to my face. They were probably scared of me too. Like, honestly, I'm kind of scary sometimes. <laughs> just, just felt kind of weird, like, looking back at it. So, I put up a front once I, you know, transitioned into middle school. And I was mean. I was such a bitch to people. And everyone that I knew in middle school hated me because I was so mean. But they had caused this. They were the reason that I hated myself. They were the reason that I pretended to be someone I wasn't. The real ones, the people who actually knew me, knew that it was a front. They knew that I was a good person. 
these were the people that I trusted. And I still talk to them every once in a while, which is great. But the people who I was mean to, not all of them were bad people. But because the world had been so mean to me, I had put up a front. I'd been so ruthless, so careless with people's feelings. And I didn't really start to realize this until I went to high school. Now, a quick little backstory. So I'm, I'm going to talk about it because I think, you know, I'm already <laughs> getting into the topic of it. I pretended to be mean because it helped me cope with everything that was going on. It helped me cope with the fact that I was living in an apartment with my parent and my brother and it was difficult. It wasn't perfect. And I pretended to be this person in order to deal with it. I pretended to, you know, be someone I wasn't. I did it in order to cope with everything that was going on in my life. And I know people have it worse, but these were my struggles. And you can't undermine my struggles with someone else because you don't understand what I went through. I just want to make that clear that I'm not here to offend anyone or make anyone feel less less appreciated or undermine their, you know, struggles. Because we all struggle with various things. So the thing that I want to bring up is I believe her name is Melanie? No. Malena. I think it's Malena. Yeah. Um, she still also has me blocked on Instagram. Uh, I thought we moved past this. I'm sorry. Make amends. Let's move on with our lives. Like, I truly just want to see you make it in life. I want you to succeed. I don't want you to, you know, feel sad or anything. I just want you to be happy. And I'm really honestly, truly sorry. I don't remember her name. It starts with an M. But... I think it happened uh, last year. I was in church and for those of you who don't know, I'm a lector. I'll talk about that in another episode. But yeah, oh, I'm also religious. I'm Catholic. <laughs> Just an FYI in case anyone wanted to know, but I don't think people will really care. Just, you know, respect my opinion or my religion and I'll respect whatever you have, whatever you believe in or don't believe in. So thank you. Yes. I was walking out of church. It was church had just ended and she walks up to me and I recognize her because she was not really a friend, but I mean, I guess she was a friend, like an acquaintance in middle school. For the record, I had absolutely no idea what she was going to talk to me about. And I had no clue that she was feeling these feelings, you know, just for the record. And she goes up to me and she tells me, I just want to say, I hope that God forgives you because middle school, those three years were the worst years of my life. You made it so difficult for me. And I was kind of like, what? That's when I really started to think about everything that I had done in middle school. And it was true. Everything she said, I had already kind of moved past that because I had gone into a very depressive state once like I moved once I transitioned into high school. It was very hard. I'll explain more in a little bit, but I had made her feel so terrible those three middle school years. And I truly felt terrible, but she just told me at a moment that I had already kind of confronted everything that I'd felt. I was bullied even when I was still mean to people. <laughs> because obviously you can't 
fight hate with hate. It just doesn't work. So I remember just like, I was like, wow, I can't believe like she just said that to me. Like, I can't believe this just happened. And obviously like, I don't know about you guys, but I'd, I've moved past it. Like it already been so many years. Like I didn't even think about it. But it ma really made me consider how many people's lives that I affected. And I just want to apologize to everyone because I was going through internal struggles and I shouldn't have put my internal struggles onto anyone else. And I truly do apologize for that. But there's nothing that I can do about it now other than just say, I'm sorry. And I know those words may never suffice for them, for the things that I did or said. I truly am sorry. But connecting this back to middle school like i said i put up a front but you know it was all because i was trying to cope with something i was very much privileged to have a roof over my head okay like don't get me wrong i appreciated it that i didn't have to you know kind of live with my dad's side my aunt and my uncle <laughs> amazing shout out to them uh i lived actually with heidi collado you guys heard of with oh you guys heard about her in my previous podcast episode but it was <laughs> really nice to have kind of my own space a little bit you know i would say i didn't really have my own room but it was kind of nice to go back to a place that kind of belonged to us to my family but i was embarrassed i was embarrassed of living in an apartment and i shouldn't have been I should have been so grateful, but of course I'm a kid and I'm ungrateful. I'm an ungrateful little brat. Obviously you could tell because I was, you know, a B word, <laughs> a bitch. Yeah, I was a bitch. <laughs> In eighth grade, I, uh, my parents actually were making a lot more money. Uh, I really appreciated that we, you know, not appreciated, but, um, I mean, okay, obviously I appreciate it, but it was actually a great thing that my parents decided to move out to california because you know my dad was doing great my mom was doing great they were a lot happier than they'd been you know in kentucky and that's not to say they weren't happy but they got to do things that they liked my dad like i don't know i, I don't know if he exactly loved being a truck driver but he liked doing it i felt like he was happy and i got to see him more often than when we were in Kentucky and my mom, she got to be a hairstylist again, which was great because, you know, seeing that they were both happy made me happy. But I was still struggling with things myself. Uh, going back to reading, <laughs> I want to mention that uh, they actually started to buy me books, you know, like books that were big, like uh, and they weren't cheap. <laughs> they were like 10 to 20 dollars each book and I had a lot of books, so that was great. That was really when I was like, oh, we're, we're starting to get more money. That's cool. But um, I really started to notice it when we moved out of that apartment and we got a house, which I'm currently in right now. Still live here. And this house is beautiful. Um, it's one story, but it feels so big. It feels so homey, you know, because it's my home and I love it. But once I was transitioning to high school, since obviously we had a lot more money this was still in eighth grade actually um i got a phone and a laptop for high school which was really nice because you know you actually need those things <laughs> i'm not gonna say you absolutely need them but you know they were pretty useful and this is when i started to realize we're actually doing pretty good like we're doing a lot better than we <laughs> originally started off with 
I was like, wow, because these things weren't like things that normal kids got. Like, yeah, you got like a phone and stuff, but like a laptop for yourself, for me. And not only did I get a laptop, my dad got a laptop <laughs> and my brother. And they weren't like cheap laptops. They were like the new Apple laptops of the year. I still have that laptop, by the way. It's very great. So useful. <laughs> Anyways, but like I was saying, I was mean to people and I regret it because I feel like, I don't know if I'd say I'd regret it. I think <laughs> I want to say I'm just sorry that I like treated people that way, but I don't regret it because the people that I, like the friends that I made that were like truly my friends and I wasn't like putting up a front with them, I'm still friends with them to this day. Shout out to Sophia Lara. <laughs> She's my best friend. Love you, girly. <laughs> Thanks for sticking with me and realizing that I wasn't actually a bitch. <laughs> So once I moved, you know, once I transitioned, once I moved and transitioned into high school, I wasn't going to go to the high school that all like the middle schoolers over there were going to go to. I was actually going to go to the high school near me. So it was very, very difficult to like transition into a new high school and not have any friends. Like this is the depressive state that i'm in right now this is where i'm gonna talk about it so trigger warning for you know depressive people um i mean for depression it was so difficult because i'm not gonna say that i solely rely on people to make me feel happy but having a friend makes life so much easier it's not necessary but it's very useful to have a friend or not useful, I guess it's necessary. I, I'd say it's pretty necessary, at least for me personally. Having no friends at this high school, brand new, over 4,000 kids, and not one of them could be my friend, started to gnaw at me. I was like, alone. And there were so many people, <laughs> it felt terrible. I thought about killing myself, unfortunately, a lot of times. This was at a point where the people that i'd supposedly been friends with like the fake friends in middle school is like when i realized that these people weren't my friends they weren't there when i needed them they weren't there when i was about to have a panic attack when i was thinking about ending it they weren't there but you know what was books books were there for me and i talked about previously how it was so difficult for me to read books that I had a learning disability. But I was so proud of myself that I'd gotten to a point. I can literally read 600 page book like in a couple hours. That's how fast I read books and I actually comprehend them and I thoroughly enjoy it. Books were honestly my only sort of salvation in these times. Like obviously God was there, but I wasn't really as connected to God as I am now. At that point, I didn't care about anything but my books. That <laughs> got me through a lot, especially Sarah J. Mass books. Those books helped me so much because it talked about depression. It talked about those things that I was going through. It talked about feeling lonely and feeling like you didn't belong there. It talked about so many things. I don't want to get too in-depth about it, but I'll talk about it in another episode. <laughs> but let's let's transition into, you know, privilege. 
So I had obviously a laptop and an iPhone. I didn't really have friends, like I said. Um, actually, there's, I'm not gonna talk about it just yet because I feel like I should save it for another episode because it's very eventful. But my freshman first semester in high school, best semester of my life best time of my life i will absolutely never forget it the people that i met (sighs) absolutely amazing i have no idea where these people came from i have no idea where they are but thank you thank you for saving me thank you for making my life less of a living hell i'm not gonna say their names because i don't want them to be exposed or you know i don't want people to go looking for them but they didn't have social media and i'm pretty sure they don't have social media hopefully they're not dead because they were doing some sketchy stuff but uh yeah i'll talk about it in another episode hopefully so getting back to the point of privilege once i was in high school i realized wow i actually have money like i have a lot of books (laughs) i have so many books my parents my dad specifically bought every single one of those books My dad bought every single material I ever needed for school. My dad is amazing. And so is my mom. They they work so hard to provide everything I could ever need and more. So yes, I will say I am privileged because of my parents. My parents want the best for me, the absolute best. They don't care if they have to put in extra hours in order to afford to pay the bills, in order to afford anything that I could ever need. I'm not going to sit here and apologize for being privileged. And the reason I say this is because my mom gets to get up early and go exercise with her friends and have a cup of coffee with them. Then she gets to go to work at a salon that she owns and she can go in at whatever time she wants because it's her salon and she loves it my dad he gets to get up early and go into work for the record they both love giving getting up early okay but he gets to like dress up in a suit have his espresso coffee in the morning i bought him a little machine because you know he deserved it and take his briefcase get in his fancy car and drive to work and he doesn't have to be a truck driver anymore he gets to sit in an office and be the boss of many people. And he, along with my uncles, I am so proud of because they not only get to do what they love, but they are helping other people provide for their families. And that is a privilege. And I am so proud of them because they both accomplished their dreams. So yes, I am privileged and I will not apologize for it because I've been blessed with this privilege that I can use to help others. So I'm not gonna sit here and apologize, but you just need to hear my story before you start judging me and assuming things. Now, I wanna point out that I'm not that much of a show off when it comes to money. Now I'm a little bit more of a show off, but uh, I didn't used to be like that. Really, I'm not a show off like, I'll be wearing Gucci and LV and all the designers and Versace and stuff. Like, yeah, I own a Versace watch and stuff, but, like, I'm not going to flaunt it around all the time. Yeah, I posted a picture on social media, but it doesn't mean that much. Also, not to say that I shouldn't post anything on my social media that has to do with money, because usually when I post something, it's because 
you know, I feel like I've earned it. I've done something to achieve, you know, buying these things. Like I bought my iPad because I graduated, graduated high school and I felt like it was something important, especially since I got into so many universities and had the option, the choice of picking which one I wanted to go to. So that is why I post about certain things sometimes. Usually it's an accomplishment, but I don't talk about it as often. And I think maybe I should. When I was in high school, people didn't see me as like, oh, she's got money. Only my friends did because I was a bit of a show off sometimes. And I wasn't like rubbing it in their face like, look, I have money. Um, I don't work like an official job. Like I don't have like an actual job. I do work in the sense that I sell my art. I take pictures. Sometimes I get to work with celebrities. Pretty cool on certain things, which is awesome. <laughs> really cool, actually. But I don't work because my parents don't want me to. Because I am privileged that my parents are able to pay for my tuition or any materials that I need and for a place to live. I am privileged and I am damn proud of it because my parents worked so hard. I saw them struggle. I struggled, but I dealt with it. I had my own internal struggles. So before you start judging people about their privilege, know their story because it's important and understand that they struggled too sometimes. I'm so privileged to the point that during this pandemic, we don't have to worry about paying the bills. I'm so privileged to the point that I can go on vacation any other weekend, any, really any weekend I'd like, and not have to worry about anything. I'm to the point of privilege where I don't have to worry about coming home and not knowing if I will be able to afford to pay the bills. I'm so privileged that I know that when I come home, I know my parents will be here. I'm so privileged that I have both of my parents. I am so privileged. I'm so privileged to the point where I can help people. And that's what I'm going to do. Thank you for tuning in. Also, don't forget to drink water if you haven't drinking any water. Please don't pass out like the lady that passed out in front of me or behind me yesterday. Please drink some water. Stay healthy. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Also, the song that I'd pick to relate. The song that I'm going to pick to relate to this podcast is going to be It's a Risk by Anthony Russo. Thank you.